Hello and welcome back to the TTP, Tatani Talks Parsha, the year where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. We are here in the middle of Sefer Vayikra. We have come to Parsha Shemini. I want to focus on the middle of the Parsha. We talk about the Pasuk where it says Vayidom, the very famous episode, the very tragic, very sad episode. But we look at what happens to Aaron's sons, two of Aaron's sons, and we see his immediate reaction and what we can learn from that. So the Pasuk tells us in the middle of Sefer Vayikra in Chapter 10 in Perak Yud. We're looking at the Psukim Aleph Tadad and we see that Aaron's sons, Nadav and Avihu, took their pan and they put the fire and they brought the Ketoros. They brought it before Hashem, but it wasn't commanded. Hashem didn't tell them to bring it and they brought it anyway. Sometimes zealousness initiative is wonderful, but if it's uncalled for, it's not the proper time, not the proper aspect or way, then it's not the right thing to do. Obviously, for different reasons, different commentators explain different aspects why it might not have been okay. Some people say that it was because they might have had wine in them. That's why Hashem talks to Aaron after giving him a specific commandment to Aaron himself about not approaching the Mishka, not approaching not approaching the base of Migdash, not coming by when there's any wine or intoxication in you. Of course you're not supposed to daven when there's any intoxication in you as well. We just said Purim. But here they came and they were not commanded and a fire literally came forth from Hashem and consumed them and they passed away. What's fascinating is that the commentators explain it was a very esoteric type of a situation. Hashem literally snuffed out the neshama from them and their bodies were left, not to be graphic, but their bodies were there. Moshe calls on the cousins to come clean it up. He did not call on the brothers to do it, interestingly enough, but he called on the cousins who were not as close to the situation to clean them up. The bodies were there, but the neshama was gone, which kind of points out to us that on some aspect they had good intentions. They wanted to come to Hashem, but Hashem said, I can't do this. I need to take you away from the situation. I need to take your neshama. You have to come with me, and the bodies will be there, the fire came and just snuffed out the neshama. Sometimes, some aspects of our life, we want to be involved with Hashem. We want to bring things to Hashem, but make sure that it's done in the right manner. Make sure it's accomplished in the right aspect and in the right way. Make sure you have the proper intentions and the proper execution of the actions that you're doing. Moshe talks to Aaron and says, this is what Hashem said. This is what Hashem decided. And it could be for the fact that Hashem says, those nearest me, I will be sanctified through. Who knows if maybe this is the Pasuk that Hashem is talking about when this happened. It kind of reminds us of the Megillah. Who knows if this is the time that you were appointed. Mordechai tells Esther, this might be the reason he got to Lamalchut. Maybe this is why you became queen, just for the ability to save the Jewish people. So Moshe says to Aaron, Who's a, who knows, maybe this is what Hashem means. When he says, I will be sanctified through those nearest to me before all the people, I will be glorified. And what is Aaron's response? Aaron's children want to inaugurate the Mishkan. They want to bring a carbon. They want to be involved with Hashem and Hashem takes them away. There could be so many natural, regular reactions from anger to being upset to be despondent to being depressed. So many different reactions. The reaction that Aaron has... Vayidom Aaron. Aaron was silent. A major lesson in 
Musser for all of us, a real Musser Haskell. Aaron was a great, great person. Of course, we know from Pirkei Avos, we should be like Aaron, Ohev Shalom, Verodev Shalom, pursue peace and love peace. We know that Aaron was the great peacemaker between friends, between spouses. He would go to one friend and say, do you know what your friend said about you? If if he only knew that you could have had a great relationship, he goes to the other friend and says, if he knew... And then the friends are like, whoa, we got to make up. And then they see Aaron befriending them. If the great Aaron could befriend me, how could I ever sin? How could I ever be mad at someone else? Aaron was the epitome of peace. And here, even in a tragic, very difficult situation, Aaron's response is to be silent. It's a major lesson for us. Oftentimes in life, we're sent very difficult things. We're sent very intense situations. And we're sent very intense people. You can have a boss at work who's a bully. You can have someone who's a narcissist in your life. You can have someone that tries to attack you, tries to push you down. Do you know what the best type of response could be? A person that wants to to rip on you, a person that wants to try to trudge you down, try to take you down, they want to get a rise out of you. They want to get a response out of you. They want to make you messed up. They want to see you angry. They want to see you really mad. So the best thing to do is to do the opposite. Opposite is to not answer in a in a nasty way like they're talking to you, not answer in a shouting way like they're talking to you. Either be a soft-spoken response, really harsh words could be cut down with soft-spokenness, or to be silent itself. Oftentimes, if someone's criticizing you, someone's talking down to you, sometimes the best thing to do is silence. Perkei Avos teaches us that one of the sages said, all my life, Kol yamai, gadalti bena chachamim, all my life I grew up amongst the sages, and the best thing that I learned, the most important thing I learned was silence. Silence is golden. The phrase go, it's better to be quiet and to be thought a fool than to open your mouth and prove it to everyone else. And I'm paraphrasing, of course, the phrase goes a little differently, but silence is very important and very good. Silence is like a fence for keeping the, whiz, the the responses within you, and not to say anything foolish, we want to make sure to think not only twice before we speak, but to think many times before we speak. So if things are, are sent to us in life, a lot of times we want to react, we want to respond, and we want to jump on the situation. Someone talks a certain way, someone acts a certain way towards us, someone behaves a certain way towards us, someone does something to us. It's so natural. It's so regular to want to respond in such a way Aaron teaches us we should be silent we should think before we speak before we act even in the face of major travesty major tragedy so easy to want to throw in the towel and give up but Aaron teaches us Vayidam Aaron Aaron was silent the children were involved in trying to make the the Mishkan ceremony trying to make a wonderful thing and what happened such tragedy such terribleness but Aaron teaches us Vayidam Aaron then if we look a little later in the Parsha, in the in the fifth Aliyah, and we're looking in Hamishi, we see that Moshe and Aaron have a little bit of a difference of opinion. Moshe had thought that Aaron and his surviving children should eat the carbon, and Aaron had thought that it was not apropos, not appropriate to eat it because he's technically in Avelis, even though they're really bringing out the Mishkan, and they have a little bit of a dis- difference of opinion. So Aaron responds to Moshe when Moshe asks, why didn't you eat it? Why Why is it just sitting there? You could have eaten it. You should have eaten it. And Aaron says, today did they offer up their sin offering and their burnt offering before Hashem? If tragic events like these had befallen me and I eat, had eaten a sin offering today, would it have pleased Hashem? Moshe heard this 
and it pleased him. So Moshe thought that, Moshe, that Hashem was commanding them to eat the carbon. But Aaron points out that this is a, a tragedy, a, a very difficult day for him and his family. It wouldn't have been apropos, it wouldn't have been appropriate and proper for him to eat the carbon. But Moshe, in his greatness, he doesn't argue back. Moshe, in his greatness, doesn't try to shoot that down. Instead, Moshe accepts it. It reminds me of the idea that oftentimes we see great sages, great mefarshim, great commentators understanding and saying, I don't know everything. I don't know this. I don't really know that. In fact, Rashi himself points out a couple of times in the Torah, I don't know, lo yadati, but li bi omerli, my heart tells me, my intuition tells me, my gut tells me that it looks like this. A very famous example they talk about is that by the ephod, the choshen, that Rashi might not have known exactly what it was referring to, but one time he saw royalty passing by on the horse and he saw different colors and arrangement. He said, ah, this might be what it was like. And it doesn't, it's not a bad thing to say, I don't know. It's not a bad thing to say, I really don't have the answer. I don't have the response. I don't know what it really is. Oftentimes people think you always have to have the answers. You always have to have the responses. You always have to have the solution. Even with my own children, when they ask me questions, sometimes I say, I don't know. Sometimes I say, I actually don't know. And that's a good thing for kids to learn, for other people to learn, because we're fallible. We're humans. We don't have all the answers. Only Hashem has all the answers. Only Hashem knows everything. We don't know everything. We have to understand that we're very limited in our knowledge. And Moshe and Aaron teach us as well here, sometimes we don't have the answers, and sometimes we have to recognize that we don't have the answers and that we can accept it. And we can accept it for it is. And that's important in general, whether with spouses or with children or friends or at work or wherever you are. And someone gives you a criticism, sometimes you accept it. Like Vayidam Aron, silent. And some, sometimes if they ask you something and you don't know, you say, I don't know. Even if it's in your field of expertise, even if it's in your profession and you don't know, it's good to say, I don't know. Because we don't know always. We don't always have the answers. We don't always have the solutions. But a great person, someone who strives to be great, can understand that it's very okay okay to say, I don't know. If Rashi, the great Rashi of Torah fame and Talmud fame and all over the place, the commentators that he did all over the place, if he could say, I don't know, but my heart tells me how much more so we can. If Moshe could say, I heard this and I accept it and it pleases me, I didn't think this way, I didn't realize it, that is the real mark of a true leader. Someone who could learn from everyone, someone who's a great learner. Perkevus teaches us in Perakdalad, Ezehu Chacham Halomeid Mikol Adam. Someone who's a great person, but Zoma teaches us many different things, how to, how to understand true wealth, how to understand true honor, how to understand true wisdom. Who is a truly wise person? Someone who could learn from everyone. Even someone that you don't like, you could learn things not to do. Even someone that does behaviors or does actions you don't like, that's something you could learn from also. And Moshe and Arm were great, 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 but Moshe still has much to learn from everyone around him. He accepts what his brother tells him, and he learns from his brother right next to him as well. Lastly, we look at the last aspect of the Parsha, and we see that Hashem talks to Moshe to tell the Jewish people about the different types of animals we should eat. It's very fascinating to think why Hashem commands certain things for fins and scales on the, on the fish and the choose its cud, and, uh, and having the split hooves for the animals, the aspects of the kosher signs of the animal. And if you look at different animals that we're allowed to have, something interesting is that it's not 
a lot of the animals are not predatory in nature. They're not those that are going to kill other things. We don't eat the lion that kills other animals for its food. We don't eat these type of animals. We eat the animals that are chilling on the grass over there, chewing its cud, the cow, chilling on the grass and the pasture, because sometimes different aspects of what we eat can actually have certain spiritual effects on us, the commentators explain. It's interesting to think that you are what you eat. So if you eat certain things somehow, some way, some why, these different things can have an effect on you. Hashem teaches us we want to eat certain things that can have certain aspects and certain effects on us to have certain spiritual elements to help us and not to harm us, to make sure that we're not predatory in nature, but that we are able to be more docile in nature, not to be a prey for someone else, God forbid, but that we could be more docile in nature. We want to eat foods that have good spiritual effects on us, and we want to make sure to watch what we eat and to understand that on some level we are what we eat. We talk about different aspects. We don't even want to combine different things we can't combine different things such as milk and meat also because there are different effects in the food and the the food that comes into us have certain elements that could come to us and can have effects for us we want to make sure to watch what we do watch how we speak watch what we eat to make sure to have the best effect that we can on ourselves and on the world around us because we want to be the best Evid Hashem that we can. We want to be the best person we can to be Mekar Hashem Shemaim as much as we can. So if we look at things that we eat and we and we look at how we go about our, our life and we look at things that we can't eat, it's interesting, a lot of times at work, there's a lot of non-Jewish people at work and they eat very many different things. They were just talking the other day about some really gross animals to us that seems gross animals because we would never eat it but a shellfish the way they were describing how it's slimy and it, it is abominable in some ways and we can have lobster these these animals with the claws and the way they go about it's interesting the different aspects they have it's interesting the different elements they have and those are the elements that Hashem doesn't want us to accumulate for her, ourselves the the shruts and we don't want to eat these gross teeming creepy creatures these crawling creatures in our in our way and in our lives as well we want to make sure to have animals that are clean for us that has good effects for us and that will affect us in a good way because when we eat things when we do things when we're involved in mitzvahs the point of what we do with a lot of mitzvahs is that we want to elevate the mundane to the spiritual if we're going to take something predatory in nature what are we doing what are we incorporating into ourselves? We want to make sure any aspect we have that has a gashmiat element, a materialistic element, we want to elevate it to the best aspect. And that's why the, the Torah then goes on to talk about the different vessels we use and the different aspects of what we use in our own life. We think about taking wine, taking grape juice, taking bread, and we elevate it. We make a bracha on it, and we make it sanctified. We take candles, we take flames, and we elevate that we sanctify them. We take a talus, a prayer shawl, we elevate it, and we take fill in leather straps and leather boxes. We elevate it. We take a wig, which could be hair, but we use it for a mitzvah, for the family, for the home, and we elevate it. In our life, what can we do to elevate those things around us? What can we do to make sure to be involved in making ourselves better and it starts with understanding situations that are presented to us and not fighting back not talking back accepting the criticism accepting things that come to us as Rabbi Kivit teaches us everything Hashem does He does for the best everything Hashem does He does for the best and Nachem Ish Gamzu his teacher would teach Gamzu Latova everything is for the best and Aaron teaches us in the beginning of the Parsha, even when something as difficult as that comes, he accepts it, he doesn't talk back, and he tells Moshe he can't eat the carbon that way, and Moshe is able to accept that as well, understanding that we don't always know everything. 
And then as we go on and we see the different foods that we can take and the different materials that we could use, everything we want to do, we want to elevate in our life, make our life more holy, more spiritual, and more uplifted. If we can internalize these lessons and we can make ourselves better, make ourselves into better avadim and avadot for Hashem and to be better servants for Hashem, to be mekad Hashem Shemaim as much as we can, if we can have more peace in the world, maybe we could finally be zolcheh to bring Mashiach and to bring the third base of Megash be, be speedily in our days and may that day be today. This has been Tani Talks Parsha, the TTP, where we talk about the Parsha of the week with some practical lessons to keep. And I'm your host, Tani.